everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and again, Brittany is not with me. Uh, if you were listening to the previous episode, I was talking about how sick her and the kids are right now, and we normally you know, record a couple episodes at a pop, so again, you are stuck with just my monotone voice droning on for what's probably going to be a few minutes, because this is a, I think this is a super interesting topic and something that, that I've had a lot of experience with. Um, through my career prior to doing weddings and that kind of stuff, but it's dealing with difficult people and having crucial conversations. So in uh, nuclear, we talked about crucial conversations as anything that would be a difficult conversation. So that could be anything from, you know, somebody passing away to giving somebody bad news about a performance eval or, uh, you know, dealing with somebody that you don't like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, crucial conversations come up all the time and it's much better to have them than it is to try to avoid them at all costs. That's not going to do you or the other party any good. So let's kind of get into it. I, I, I'm actually, um, excited about this episode because I think that this happens a lot. I know it happens to us a lot and I, well, I shouldn't say a lot. It happens when it happens to us, you know, when we're dealing with like say a DJ or a photographer or something, the tools that I'm going to talk about here really help in these situations. So it's, it's, it'll help you like manage these types of uh, situations. So I'm going to start off with a story. It is story time. Yeah. So for those of you that are not familiar, there is an old fable called the wind, the sun and the old man. It is one of Aesop's fables. It's actually number 298 to be exact. Um, and it is a very interesting and really cool uh, allegory. So the North wind and the sun were disputing which was stronger when a traveler came along wrapped in a warm cloak. They agreed that the one who first succeeded in making the traveler take his cloak off should be considered stronger than the other. The sun agreed to have the north wind go first. The north wind blew as hard as he could, and the more and more that he blew, the more closely did the traveler fold his cloak around him. And at last the north wind gave up, and looked at the sun and said, it's your turn. The sun then shined out warmly and immediately the traveler took his cloak off. And so the North wind was obliged to confess to the sun that the sun was the stronger of the two. So what's the point of that story? Like why, why is that such an interesting allegory? The entire point is that persuasion took the cloak off, not strength, not force, not coercion, but persuasion had the traveler take his cloak off. And that's important for what we're going to talk about. I want you guys always think about that when you're, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with a crucial conversation or something like that, like always remember that persuasion is much better than strength because it's just more effective. Always think about the North wind and the sun story. And just remember that, you know, like getting angry and, you know, being demonstrative and yelling and that gets not going to help. 
So then we're going to talk about what, what are the right things that you should be doing uh, right now. So let's go over some, some of the basics. So I, I took this course in, it was mandatory for all supervisors and above to take this. It was called Conflict Jiu-Jitsu. And I took this probably 12 years ago now. It's been a while. Uh, which, you know, has nothing, I, I know you guys hear me talk about jujitsu all the time. It has nothing to do with that kind of jujitsu. And it was long before I started, you know, doing jujitsu, but the, uh, amazing, amazing course. Like it was, we, we did like two or three days on this to where we, we acted out certain things and it was, it was really good. It was a really good course. So I'm going to try to condense that into like a 45 minute long podcast and impart a lot of what I learned for you guys. So hopefully this makes sense. Now, we are all going to deal with difficult people at some point in our lives. That is inevitable. You know, it could be a spouse. It could be a friend. It could be another vendor. Like, we're we're all going to deal with a difficult situation. I don't want to say difficult people and say spouse. Like, now I wish Brittany was here because she probably would have threw something at me. But, uh, you know, you're, we're always going to have difficult conversations with someone. And how we react to those situations is going to make or break your relationship, whether that relationship is personal or that relationship is professional. So how you actually conduct yourself is what's going to, is what's going to help you. So how do we manage these situations? Um, like I said, you know, I, I took this class in nuclear and we, we learned a bunch of these principles and I try to use these as much as possible, uh, but I want to, I want to start with kind of like some base things right now to kind of lay some groundwork. You always want to view the other person as a partner and not an adversary. Like you always want to think about them as being a partner and not someone that you are in conflict with because that changes your mindset when you're talking to them and that kind of stuff. Effective conflict techniques are good. They help a lot. But remember, your character is always more important than the way that you're dealing with the situation. So if the situation is getting out of hand, your character will always be more important. Something that I like to remind everybody about is you cannot talk yourself out of what you behaved yourself into. I'm going to say that again. You can't talk yourself out of what you behaved yourself into. That old expression, actions speak louder than words. So we're going to talk about getting quiet. We're going to talk about understanding. We're going to talk about listening and we're going to talk about getting creative together. So all four of those are going to come together and make up how you deal with a crucial conversation, how you deal with somebody who's being difficult. Like all of this is going to make sense here in a second, but you're going to take all of those tools and put them together all at once in order for you to have a successful outcome. So let's get into it. There is this principle that we went over called going to the balcony. So you want to go to the balcony, which sounds kind of strange, but going to the balcony is a very good mental method to pull yourself out of a situation mentally for you to collect your thoughts so that you can choose a response. 
You want to make sure that you take that time at the balcony, quote unquote, to collect those thoughts so that you can choose a response. Because if you respond out of reaction and you do it almost immediately, it is not going to be good. You are not going to have a good response. You're probably going to escalate the situation and you're going to dig yourself in a hole. That's typically what happens. We are emotional beings and we just react spontaneously to external events. So you want to make sure that you go to the balcony. Okay. You got to You got to remember that principle. You want to take a step back. You're not literally, but metaphysically take a step back and go to the balcony. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example of what not to do because I have plenty of those. <laughs> we were shooting a wedding. Uh, the band had their own sound engineer, et cetera, et cetera. I walked up, connected all my equipment. Guy was really cool. Everything seemed like it was working just fine. Uh, I plugged my headphones in and started listening while the toast is going, mind you. So the toast is now going. And the audio is like, it was awful. It was awful. So did I go to the balcony? Did I collect my thoughts? Did I try to put these principles in play? No, I didn't. I went right to, I'm the fucking victim. I'm not getting good audio. And you've got 12 seconds to fix this before I lose my shit. Which is not the way to do it. Period. Because him and I were in like a very quiet argument off to the side trying to, as he's like plugging in, because I had a quarter inch adapter in my XLR. So he's plugging in into different things on his board and just all of it just sounded like shit. And I'm losing my mind. I, I ran over, I grabbed my Tascam DR10, turned it on, uh, draped it. Or no, I'm sorry. I grabbed my Zoom F2 because it has 32-bit float, draped it over the speaker so that it would record the audio coming right out of the speaker because I can probably clean that up because I had 32 bit float. So I don't have to worry about it being blown out and all this other stuff. And I'm just, I'm over there off to the side, just like, I'm like biting my lip. Like I'm just losing my mind. And Brittany doesn't know what's going on. Cause she's on a camera, like watching people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And afterwards I walked up, I talked to him. I apologized. I told him that, you know, I shouldn't have acted like that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like we, we made amends. Like that's called recovery. Uh, like I I went over and chatted with him for a few minutes. You know, we, we actually sat down and had dinner and that kind of stuff. And I I told him that, you know, there's just a lot of shit going on at that point. And I definitely shouldn't have acted like that, that we're both professionals. We're both trying to do the right thing for the couple. And I just, I, I lost my nerve there for a minute. Everything was cool, et cetera, et cetera. I get home. Turn on the audio. How do you think the audio sounded? Other than when he was unclipping it and putting it into other spots. It sounded just fine. Well, Phil, you're probably saying when you were listening to it, it sounded like shit. And you're right. Because my headphones, there was something wrong with my damn headphones. That's not a joke. Rather than me taking a second to try to get my shit together and literally troubleshoot my own equipment, I, uh, there's this thing called the accountability ladder. We'll talk about that ladder later, but I went the wrong way on the accountability ladder because one of the rungs is blaming others. So rather than me taking the time, going to the balcony, trying to figure out like life, 
I instantly went to his stuff's fucked up. It's not my fault. Blah, blah, blah. When in fact it was just these shit Samsung headphones that I think came with my old phone that probably the cable was crushed in one of the pouches, et cetera, et cetera, which was causing this weird like static. Nothing that that guy did was wrong. It was literally all my fault. So trust me, I've got good examples. Don't worry. Uh, So how do you get to the balcony? It's very simple. Literally look at the person and say, can you just give me a moment to consider what you're saying? That's it. Just give me a moment to consider what you're saying. And then during that time, you need to ask yourself a couple of questions. Is this the right time to be having this conversation? Is this the right place for me to be having this conversation? And what can I control in this situation? So if we look back at that example, was that the right time? Yeah, kind of, because the, for my, in my defense, the audio sounded like poop. So we, I need to, I need to fix that audio. Is that the right place? Yes. I have to fix the audio. We were off to the side. People were, you know, eagerly watching the, the, the father give the toast, et cetera, et cetera. We weren't yelling or anything like that. We were just, we were talking in each other's ear. What could I have controlled in that situation? My own equipment. Like I jumped the gun. So then you also need to ask yourself, what do I want for me? My partner, remember they're not an adversary, my partner and for the relationship that we have. Because you got to remember, if you screw this up, that relationship's going to be damaged. And you got to do what I did. You got to go into recovery mode. You got to figure out a way to fix it. And you got to fix it almost instantaneously because you can't let another vendor walk away thinking that you're a bag of ass. Just can't do it because then they're never going to recommend you. Or if they hear that you're doing something else, they're never going to want to work with you again. And you do not want that. So you need to monitor your body language. Okay. We're going to talk about their body language here in a minute, but you need to also monitor your own body language. You want to make sure that you're standing up straight. I know this sounds kind of strange, but all of this makes sense from a psychological standpoint. You want to make sure you're standing up straight. You want to make sure you're making eye contact with the person. You always want to appear more confident than you actually are. Appearances are everything. You know, you fake it. You always want to appear more confident, okay? You want to make sure that you keep the other person talking. And the reason why you want the other person to be talking is because you can learn more before you respond. This also gives them the ability to hear their own issues and it helps them get off steam. So let's say that um, you are setting up your camera equipment, right? You're getting everything set up for the ceremony and you drop your camera in the middle of the aisle and you set everything up. You get it in focus, composition's right, like everything's locked in, ready to go. And the photographer comes over and they're like, you can't put your camera there. Now, rather than you losing your shit 
and, you know, going on a tirade about you can put your camera wherever you want, blah, 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 blah. You need to literally go to the balcony. Ask yourself, is this the right time and place? If there's no guests around and that kind of stuff, yep, absolutely. Have at it. Then ask yourself, um, what can I control? Well, you can move the camera if you need to. And then also, what do I want out of our relationship? Because you don't want a photographer bad-mouthing you to other couples. So there's two really important things there. So I'm going to keep going back to that one example because it's a very easy one to go back to. So you want to go to the balcony, ask yourself those questions, and then we're going to get into the next steps here in a second. I want to talk about listening, though. So how do we actually listen to another person in a meaningful way? The expression is whole face listening. Meaning you aren't screwing around with gear. You're not looking at your phone. You're not looking around. You're not staring off into space. Your entire face is focused on the person and you are paying attention to what they are saying. I literally tell people, this is not a joke, (laughs) that when I am talking to them, if I see them start to get distracted, I'll tell them they need to whole face listen. I haven't said it to Britt. Britt gets so mad at me when I say that. <laughs> Just like you need to whole face listen. Because we're all guilty of it. We're all squirrels when it boils down to it. And we have the attention span of a goldfish. And, you know, people bust out their phones. People start doing other stuff. But when you are having a crucial conversation, you need to make sure that the other person fully understands that you are listening to them as they are talking. That will speak volumes and go a long way when we get to these next next parts, okay? So you always got to remember to whole face listen when you're having a crucial conversation. Now, you want to pay attention to the other person's body language at the same time. So you want to look at breathing rhythm, right? If they're breathing really fast and shallow, they're probably getting worked up. You want to listen to the intonation in their voice. So if they start to inflect, they start getting loud, they start getting boisterous, that's not good. And neither is them getting softer, more sunken in, that kind of stuff. That's not good either. Like you you want to make sure that you're paying attention to their body language. You got to read them too. And one way that we kind of do this is if you take all four of your fingers and you grab your thumb, right? So you got your thumb completely covered in your fist by four fingers of the same hand. So just wrapping your four fingers around your thumb. The expression is hold my thumb to hold my tongue. So while the other person is talking, just grab your thumb and whole face listen while they're talking. That is called a psychosomatic anchor. So that is just an anchor that reminds you just, hey, man, just keep your mouth shut and just let them let them talk for a second. Figure out what the issue is, and then you can respond. That's another good way to be at the balcony because you're just letting them talk. You're not jumping in. You're not interjecting, that kind of stuff. So I want to talk about rephrasing. Okay. You always want to rephrase what they are saying to you. 
you're probably like, why do I need to rephrase it? And it's because it shows that you are actively listening. It not only shows that you're actively listening, but it shows that you understand what they are saying. And why you rephrase is the same reason why in the military, when somebody gives you a command and you say it back to them, like it's really popular in the military, it's popular in nuclear, that kind of stuff. You always say it back, but you say it back a different way. So if I, if I said, um, oh, what's a good, what's a good analogy for this? I should have wrote that one down. Um, you know, I need you. So this is literally how you would have to say it in nuclear is as strange as it's nuclear. So you got to understand the importance of when you're flipping switches. Um, but if I were to tell somebody like, Hey, you need to go, you know, flip turbine sixes, I don't know, speed regulator, whatever. Right. Then the person would look back and say, I understand I need to go flip turbine sixes, uh, speed regulator number eight, blah, blah, blah. And you would say that's correct. Like that, that's how you talk like in the control room. That's how you talk. Like when we're communicating things in security, like you always, always do. It's called three part communication uh, because it shows that the other person not only acknowledges what you said, but they clearly understood what you meant. So you want to rephrase what the person has said to you. And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. So you can literally say, it sounds like, or it seems. So let's go back to our camera in the aisle example, right? So somebody comes up to me and they're like, hey, you can't put the camera in the aisle. And they're getting really defensive. Well, remember... You hold your thumb to hold your tongue, go to the balcony. Simply, you know, if they're still going, you can be on the balcony while they're going. Or you can always say like, hey, you know, can you just give me a second to collect my thoughts and give give you a good response? And then say, okay, so it sounds to me like you have some issues with cameras being in the middle of the aisle. You've just rephrased what they said back to them. So, or... It seems you've worked with some videographers who didn't understand how to connect to your sound system. Because a lot of times we get DJs that say things to us like, oh, you can't plug in there. So it's, you know what I mean? Like you want to rephrase the issue back to them. And this is where listening comes in. Because once you rephrase it, get quiet. 
be quiet for like two seconds. I don't know what it is with humans. My children are exactly, especially my son. There cannot be silence. Period. So if I literally looked at a DJ and said, you know what? It seems like you've worked with some videographers who just didn't understand how to connect to your sound system. That's it. If you're quiet for that long, I guarantee you they're talking. You want them to talk to you at that point because you're going to do what's called listening to understand because they are going to tell you exactly what happened, why it happened, how it happened. They're going to talk about Bob's uncle twice removed. They're going to sit, they're going to go through a whole litany of stuff. And that's the data that you need to process to fix the situation. So you have to listen to understand. And if they say like one or two sentences to where, you know, Joe Schmo plugged into X, say, is that so? All right, man, go on. I'm listening. Just like that. That's all you got to do. Go on. I'm listening. And then they will spur up and then start talking again. So you want to give the other person verbal cues that you're paying attention. So rephrasing, telling them, you know, uh, it seems like, or is that so? Go on, I'm listening. Those verbal cues in connection with the physical cues of you whole face listening, you paying attention, that kind of stuff is going to really go a long way because it is clearly demonstrating to the person that you are paying attention to what they are saying. And I know a lot of you are probably like, well, I do pay attention to what they're saying. You probably aren't. And that's not helping the situation. So you can clearly demonstrate. It also means that you're taking what they're saying seriously. Now, what if somebody just goes on a full, uncontrollable rant? So I'm not saying let them talk for 20 minutes by any means. I'm saying they need to talk long enough for you to figure out what exactly the root cause of the issue is. That way you can address it, which will be next. But that doesn't mean let them talk for 25 minutes. I'd let them go for probably a minute or so until I understood what was going on. And literally, I will interrupt them and say, hold on, wait a second. Now, let me see if I understand you. And then I'll rephrase what they had just said. That breaks up the rant. That's not being rude. It's not, you know, cutting them off and being like, I got it. No, it's now let me see if I understand you. When the last person that plugged into your soundboard, they had phantom power on inside of their recording device like that right there. You've just restated everything they just talked about for the last two minutes. So if it was the DJ, I'm just using the DJ example real quick or hold on. Let me understand you. So there was a videographer left a tripod in the middle of the aisle and you tripped over it. Like that's all you need to do. That's that'll break up the rant. And that typically will deescalate everything that just happened. Like that'll bring everything to a close with that piece of it. So you're back in control of the conversation. You have the information that you need. You've clearly, you've let them let off a little steam. You've let them tell you the problem. You now fully understand the problem. So how are you going to fix it? Well, it's easy. You have to get creative together. So every vendor at a wedding is working towards the same goal. 
despite the fact that we might have different roads to get to it, we are all working towards the same thing. You are either trying to please the couple or you are trying to please the couple and the planner. Those are the two things. Like, that's it. The uh, final deliverable for us as videographers is to create a film that the couple is going to love. The final video for, or the final deliverable for a photographer is creating photos that a couple is going to love. The final deliverable for a DJ or a band is creating music and or guiding things that a couple is going to love. It's all the same thing at the end of the day. So you are not adversaries with these people. These people are not the enemy. We're not trying to create conflict and, you know, my job's more important than yours, et cetera. Like everybody is equally doing the same thing. So you have to get what is called a win-win. You can't have a win-lose because the couple is the one that's going to ultimately be losing out. And you can't have that. It has to be a win-win. So I will ask questions. Now, remember, you've regained control of the conversation at this point. So I will say things like, how can we solve this so it works both for, uh, for both of us? So how can we solve this so this, this works for both of us? Or what would you recommend that we do? And not being condescending, not being like snarky or anything like that. Like I, so let, let's go back to the, um, the camera in the aisle. Actually, no, let's use the DJ one. So you, you talk to the DJ and you tell them that you need to, um, plug in the soundboard or the speaker and the DJ looks at you and he's like, absolutely not. And you're like, okay, let me go to the balcony for a second. Let me collect my thoughts. Is this the right time? Is this the right place? You know, is this going, can I get to a good conclusion here? Can I be in control of the situation? And a lot of those are yes, because you know, we're setting all this equipment up prior to the reception. And then you start to ask some probing questions, right? You start to ask, uh, like, okay, so can you, can you tell me what happened with the last videographer? Like what, what spurred this entire thing now, whole face, listen, grab your thumb, right? Hold your tongue. Listen to what the DJ is saying. Make sure that you're reading their body language. Make sure that you're presenting yourself in a way that's confident and that shows that you are actively listening. Okay. And then he, then he or she starts to talk about like, oh, the last videographer, they, uh, they plugged in a, a device and my speaker doesn't work now. He's like, oh, you don't say, okay, uh, go on. I'm listening. And he's like, yeah, you know, I try to explain it to him that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, okay. So it, it sounds like you had some, some issues with another videographer that was using their recording device in the wrong way. It sounds like the, the phantom power was on and they're like, yeah, you know, that's, that was it. The phantom power was on. Well, then you can go in and say, well, I fully understand the importance of not having phantom power on being fed to the back of your speaker. Like I know that that can ruin your speaker and my device gives me the ability to toggle that phantom power on or off. And then I can physically show them because when I turn the task cam on, it says, are you sure you want phantom power on? Like it prompts you and you could just simply say, no, you could do that right in front of them and then show them, say, look, there isn't any phantom power running out of any of these outlets right now. So what would you recommend that we do at this point? 
And then he's probably going to be like, oh, it's cool. He's like, I've seen that everything's good to go on your end. You seem like you know what you're talking about. So why don't you just go ahead and plug it in? Perfect. That is a win-win. Like he had a shit experience with someone else. You came in, you listened, you let him vent, you let him blow off steam. You showed that you were listening. You also then demonstrated that you understood your equipment. You understood how to hook everything in. You clearly showed them that. And then you let them come to the resolution. Like that, what would you recommend is actually really, really popular in the Navy, uh, especially on nuclear submarines. It was started with this book called Turn the Ship. And if you're in a leadership position outside of like weddings and that kind of stuff, I'd highly recommend that you read it because it is a very, very effective tool. Uh, One thing that I had stopped doing altogether when I was a manager was uh, I stopped telling people, like I know the regulations. I know you know, tactics and that kind of stuff. Like I know the answers to these questions and people are asking me them, but I want them to figure it out because the way that I looked at it is I want people to be able to make a decision independent of me. That's how you develop a leader. That's how you develop people underneath you. You're giving them the tools necessary to make these decisions. And what I would do is just simply ask them, like somebody would say, Hey, you know, Hey Phil, what do we do about X? And I would say, well, what do you recommend? And then they'd have to tell me either they didn't know. And I tell them, okay, go figure out a solution and then come back and tell me. Uh, Or they'd be like, well, you know, I think that we should do X, Y, and Z based off of, I don't know, red guide five, seven, nine, blah, 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 blah. And I'd say, okay, I concur. And that was it. End of discussion. They can go do it. Or no, I don't think that's right. Why don't you go reevaluate red guide five, seven, nine, and then come back to me with another proposal. And then they would go reread it, come back, figure out what mistake they had made, et cetera, et cetera. So what would you recommend as, as a very, very powerful statement? Um, because it allows them to be a part of the decision-making process. So you want to let them speak. You want to make sure that they've had that chance to blow off steam. You want to make sure that they're not on a rant for 45 minutes, okay, that you're reining back in the conversation. And a lot of the times, once you've gotten to that step, they're starting to kind of change their tune at that point anyways. They're starting to kind of come around because you are wholeheartedly interested in what they are doing. They can clearly see that, you know, you're listening, you're repeating things back to them. Like it's, you're, you're on a good standing with them. They're going to start to see you as not an adversary, not somebody who's there to push buttons, but somebody who's trying to be collaborative with them. Okay. And, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example of what the the, completely that situation that fell apart very quickly. Uh, (laughs) Because there's going to be times where people are stubborn and this won't work and it's not worth getting upset about. You just need to move on. And what I mean by that is, uh, I would say like 95% of the time, this works very, very well. There, there will always be those like edge cases that it didn't. And, you know, we were shooting a wedding, obviously. Uh, I was talking to the officiant. 
I gave the officiant my Rode Wireless Go 2. And one of the issues that we've noticed with the Wireless Go 2 is that if you place the receiver on the microphone directly with a sleeve, it will cause feedback if the transceiver is turned on. So what we notice is if the transceiver is off and you are just recording internally to the actual receiver itself and that's it, that doesn't seem to cause any problems. It's when the transceiver is on and it's touching the microphone. So a lot of times, like we just did the episode about toast and you heard me say like, oh, we'll tape it to the mic stand or something like that. If we need the transceiver on, as long as the receiver is like six to 10 inches away from the microphone, you won't hear any feedback. At least we haven't. So I'll just tape it down towards, you know, down on the mic bowl itself, just a piece of gaff tape, just tape it and call it good. Um, but if I know that it's going to cause interference, I just turn the transceiver off and then just record with just it in and of itself rather than feeding it all the way back to the uh, camera. So with that being said, uh, I had turned on our wireless receiver, clipped it to the officiants. Uh, he was wearing a, a suit. I just clipped it to his lapel and him and I were just standing there and I was talking to him and he was asking me just questions about like video and you know the audio parts and that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, this, this audio is very simple. I was like, this is it. I was like, it's clipped to you. Like you don't need anything else from me. It's going to record just fine. You don't have to worry about anything. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So we were just kind of chatting and then, well, let me actually shit. Let me back up a little bit. When I was hooking in our Zoom H6, I asked the DJ if he had a like aux out or a monitor out for me to plug into. And he was like, well, I just got this new board. He's like, and I don't really know where any of that's at. So I kind of glanced at it and I was like, this is high speed. And I had never seen anything like, like it was like borderline all digital and I was like, you know what? I ain't even going to mess with this. I'll just plug it in the back of the speaker and call it good. Like that's good, good enough for me. Like I shouldn't need anything. We were actually in a room in a hotel, like up on the top floor. Like these are really cool views, but don't mind me as I'm drinking my energy drink. The, um, so I get everything plugged in. I'm talking to the officiant. I'm standing there with the photographer. We're all just kind of milling around waiting for the ceremony to start because it, it had a couple of minutes. Some last minute guests were coming in and that kind of stuff. Nothing crazy going on. And uh, everybody is seated. The DJ walks up to the officiant, hands him his microphone. He's got a wireless. I'm assuming it was like a Sennheiser Sennheiser or no, he hands him a, uh, uh, handheld regular, just handheld. What is that? Carotid corded microphone. And he was like, can you give me a sound check with that? Perfectly normal, you know, perfectly innocuous, nothing crazy. And as he's talking, it just literally, and then it, and then it goes, and we, it just starts cutting out just like that. I think that was a pretty good representation of what was going on. And he, uh, he just instantly turns and looks at me. Mind you, the ceremony's starting in like a minute at this point. And he was like, Hey man, you're going to have to take all this audio stuff that you have going. He's like, it's messing with the microphone. And I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry. And he was like, yeah, you're going to have to. And he's, 
I also want to make this abundantly clear. He's not standing up with us. He's in the very back of the room over where his soundboard is, and he is yelling this across the room. So is this the right time? And is this the right place? Hell no. Like this is like, no, 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 no. And I just looked at him and I just yelled back. I was like, Hey man, like, I I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. And he yelled it again. And he was like, you need to take your microphone off of the officiant. And the officiant looked at me and he was like, your, your stuff's been working just fine. And I was like, hold on. So I, I powered the microphone off. I turned the wireless go off and I was like, can you test it again? And then the officiant start, and then, and it was, and the guy was, it was doing the same exact thing. So at that point, the officiant just started laughing and he goes, well, just turn your stuff back on, bro. <laughs> So I turned my microphone back on. I put it on and I could hear him back there, like telling somebody I was, it was like the planner was like, Oh, I don't know what's going on with this microphone. The videographer has something that's going on up there. And then finally, you know, he like, he said something and is this the right time and place? No, but I yelled back to him and I was like, Hey man, like this microphone is frequency hopping. Like it's very rare that it would be cutting yours out. It, I don't even think that's physically possible. Like it should only be like you would hear static. Like I know that for a fact, but it wouldn't be doing things like just making your microphone cut out. So the guy was like, you know, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just standing there at this point, like staring at my feet. Brittany is off in the corner with a camera, just looking at me. The photographer is like, what is going on? Because I know the photographer and she's like, what's going on, Phil? And I was like, I don't have any idea. Like, I'm so lost right now. And then it dawned on me. I was like, this guy just got a brand new soundboard and he doesn't know how to use his shit. Like, that's what's going on. Like, he has no clue what he's actually doing as equipment. So he comes running over, gives the uh, officiant a Sennheiser wireless lav mic, uh, plugs it in and it works with no problem. So we go through the ceremony. The guys give me like dirty looks all night long. I tried to talk to him for a second. He didn't want anything to do with it. So then this is a Brazilian wedding and they do a tie cutting ceremony. During the tie cutting ceremony, he breaks out that microphone again, and they're trying to explain to people what's going on. Now, mind you, I'm not recording anything with audio at this point. Like, I just got the, we have video, I think they're called Video Micro from Rode on the camera. They're like $60 on camera little shotgun mics. And uh, I'm just watching the mic just cut out over and over and over where people were just getting so frustrated trying to like, cause they're trying to like explain like the, the rules and the tradition behind this tie cutting ceremony, which was really, really cool. Like it was an amazing thing to watch, but I could just see how mad like the groom and the groomsmen were getting. And then I just, I literally just turned and looked at the DJ and was just thinking to myself, none of my stuff's on. So who are you going to blame this time? So needless to say, I haven't worked with that guy since, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's not how you handle situations like that either. Like, you, you never just want to arbitrarily blame someone, and I'm just guilty of it. 
uh, when it came to me blaming the sound engineer on the other one. So, you know, I, uh, uh, you, you don't want to put yourself in those situations at all. But again, like I said, there's going to be times where this just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And like, there was no time for me to try to do anything productive when it came to that, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, I, I felt bad for the couple because the ceremony was kind of strange with the way the audio was going. Um, you know, ironically the toasts were just fine. So, anywho, and I had the wireless go on. I actually turned the wireless go on and I set it on the table next to the couple. So there was nothing different going on on my part. And then obviously during the, the tie cutting ceremony, the, the mic was going in and out. So there's going to be situations where you're going to run into people like that and there's nothing you can do about it. So just make sure, remember, always remember your character is more important. So all I knew the guy was, you know, new with his equipment and that kind of stuff. And I knew that there was no way that my gear was interfering with anything of what was going on like that. It's no, that doesn't make any sense for me to get into like an argument with this guy, especially like I'm talking maybe two minutes before the doors opened and and the, was that the pre-sessional started? So you always just got to make sure that your, your character is, uh, it's always more important. How you act is always more important. So just kind of summarize real quick. You're going to want to remember the story of the wind, the sun, and the old man. You're going to want to remember these uh, basic principles like you can't talk yourself out of what you behaved yourself into. Case in point, that DJ example. You want to make sure that you're getting quiet. You're listening to understand your whole face listening, right? You're rephrasing what they're saying. You're moving the conversation forward with things like, is that so, or I'm listening. And you want to make sure that you want to get creative together with the other person and then ask them things like, what would you recommend? Or how can we solve this? So it works for both of us. That way you come to a collaborative decision uh, on how to fix it. So then you, it's called gaining buy-in. So you've now gained buy-in from all of the parties involved. All right. If you have any questions with this kind of stuff, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask me. Uh, I do think that this is very interesting. There's another concept that we did called facilitative leadership. That's a little too in-depth for what we talk about with the podcast and that kind of stuff, but that's a really cool concept. So if you are in a leadership position, you have you know direct reports and that kind of stuff, and you have questions about this kind of stuff, please don't hesitate to reach out because I I am a borderline this is going to sound so ridiculous, but I, I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this. Let's put this one. So, <laughs> I did this for years and years and years. So, uh, yeah, like, you know, if you have any questions about it, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. Hopefully, Britt is back. All right. Out. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives, 
then that evening the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.